people to miss it. We do want to focus upon you in the lead up to Christmas. And I just pray now for Alan as he shares with us the beginning of the Advent series, series that we will fix our eyes upon Jesus, that your Holy Spirit would speak through him and enable us, Lord, to draw near to him and to hear what he has to say this morning. May your will be done and may your kingdom come here in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Excellent. Well, good news is I'm alive. For those of you that know, I have been bed-bound for what feels like three years. Um, but we're here, and hopefully you can hear me. That seems to drop out. So, yeah, so my name is Alan. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I think people mostly know me here. Um, as you can tell today, there is no little Caleb running around. I am flying solo. Um, so Rach is speaking at uh, our parent church, uh, Open Heaven in Loughborough, in the morning and the evening, bless her. Um, and in between that, she's got a um, NCT, the baby group uh, Christmas party, uh, just wedged nicely for a little bit of downtime between speaking, you know, with eight two-year-olds um, running around. But that's, uh, yeah, just lovely that they're over there. But it does mean that I... Uh, I'm flying solo, holding down the fort at Karagdur, um, for all is well. And today is the 1st of December. Hooray, everyone says. Yeah. So you know what that means. It is just 195 days until the start of Euro 2020. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. It's all right. The football, yeah, okay, so the football draw yesterday, no. And obviously, of course, it is just 24 more sleeps until Christmas Day. But for some people, the idea of Christmas, as I said, it is the 1st of December, I saw quite a few eyes roll. It does fill people with dread that it is so close. Others, the excitement has maybe been building already for a few weeks, um, I definitely am on the more excited end of the spectrum. Maybe it's because I have a two-year-old um, who I think this year is just going to understand a little bit more about what's going on, just with all the family and the food and the gifts and so on. But also with the games and the time off work, like, oh, it's just, I, it's amazing. I love Christmas and I cannot wait um, to, to enjoy this festive season. And you know what, beyond just myself personally, I think for us as a church, I've really been stirred this year, um, right from when we were planning the term back in the summer. Um, there is something been stirring in me around um, for us to make the most of this festive season, which is why we have uh, this Advent series, intentionally going through Advent, the Christingle Gathering, which I really want to encourage you to invite people to. Last year, it was a beautiful family gathering, um, and we, we believe it will be this uh, very similar this year of just celebrating what Christmas is, the true meaning of it. Carols around the bonfire. Um, so this will be our third Carols around the bonfire. Um, 
it's just a brilliant time to um, for Barry to drink our home brew, um, for um, but for us to gather around uh, to sing in celebration, to invite people into this just lovely atmosphere of community and family, um, and sing and uh, enjoy some food and share the time together. We also have the Havan Kevney Carols, which we're going to be joining with Kapel Kildurn um, on Christmas Day. If you would like to go and sing some carols with the um, Old People's um, Residential Home um, and make lunch at Christmas as well. So uh, the make lunch that we did in October, we're going to do again. So providing a hot meal and a safe space for families from low income backgrounds to come um, and uh, enjoy and be loved on here in Canova and Ebenezer. So that will be on the 3rd of January as well. It is such a key time of year where people are searching for so much hope and meaning. And I believe it is something that we as a community, as followers of Jesus, can give them. So can I have the next slide, Barry? But for some, and maybe for some of you in the room right now, the Christmas soundtrack is a little bit more like this. So I'm going to read you a little passage. There's nothing to anything. All is smoke. What's there to show for a lifetime of work? A lifetime of working your fingers to the bone. One generation goes its way, the next one arrives, but nothing changes. It's business as usual for old planet Earth. The sun comes up and the sun goes down. It does it again and again. The same old round. The wind blows south, the wind blows north. Around and around and around it blows. Blowing this way, then that. The whirling erratic wind. All the rivers flow into the sea, but the sea never fills up. The rivers keep flowing to the same old place and then start all over and do it again. Everything is boring, utterly boring. No one can find any meaning in it. Boring to the eye, boring to the ear. What was will be again. What happened will happen again. There's nothing new on this earth. Year after year, it's the same old thing. Does someone call out, hey, this is new? Don't get excited. It's the same old story. Nobody remembers what happened yesterday and the things that will happen tomorrow. Nobody will remember them either. Don't count on being remembered. Festive, hey. But that's Ecclesiastes 1 in the message translation. And um, I, I think it really speaks of something that actually uh, a lot of people will approach Christmas um, in this way of just like, oh, my life, I'm going through this again. I know every year I have the battle with my parents when they're kind of like, you know what, this year we're not going to put the Christmas tree up. We're going to have egg and chips for dinner. Like, forget it. We're not doing it. No, what's the point? We've done it every year. Like, you know. And with all the struggles in our society, in our world, doesn't it just hit on some point of like, how on earth can we celebrate? How can we get happy about something that happens every year when look at all of the pants stuff that is going on? How, like, how can we get enthusiastic about this? 
the pointless repetition of politics, the lack of hope for any real change in our approach to our environment, the injustice in our economic system. The, it's no longer the postmodern ideology, but have you heard that now it is the post postmodern ideologies of our country where you can believe anything you want at any time and be whoever you want to be? Well, just as long as it fits within that same construct and you don't put any of your thoughts onto anybody else, heaven forbid, because then you are just judgmental and wrong. But you see, these issues that we are facing today, these challenges that make the festive season so difficult for people have been faced for millennia. And the Old Testament is the story of God's people suffering. Sometimes they have good moments, and soon enough, they're in a difficulty again. Yet woven into this story is the advent. Next slide, Barry. So the Old Testament tells of this nation with a promise from creation. Now note, the creation story for the people of the Old Testament was more of a why story as compared to a how story. It was more of a why have we been created? What is the purpose of this? As compared to for what most of us really now focus on a so Physically, how was the earth created? How was it constructed? The Old Testament story goes through a promise specifically given to a people group at a certain time, starting with the creation and Abraham. And a story like the Ecclesiastes passage, without this promise, without this advent, without this promise of something coming, means that it is or pointless. The strife, the difficulties, the challenges make everything completely pointless when you remove the reason, when you remove God from the situation. But you see, throughout the Old Testament, it is this big build-up into this advent, this expectation of coming, that for the Old Testament people, they didn't know what the final scene looked like. They just saw glimpses of what the promises looked like. Can you imagine waiting centuries for Christmas? Like, that's a lot of chocolate, first of all. Nice. But it kind of reminds me of this Narnia story. You know, the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, Narnia. So everywhere is in, um, like, eternal winter. There's this kind of... Uh, you know, feeling of there is this oppression, that everything is uh, bad. Um, but there are whispers that are going ground. There are these whispers that are spreading that spring is coming. Aslan is on his way. Something is changing. Something is moving in the atmosphere. And that's what this Advent feeling is, that there is something shifting, there is something moving. This great redemption story, the greatest story to ever be told is being written through the Old Testament, yet the finale is still concealed. See, Advent means the expectation of arrival, a coming, but it also involves a waiting the people were expectant of something to come, 
due to prophecies that had been shared, that these uh, prophets that stood up through the nations, through the history, uh, giving these words, that prophecies are kind of like film trailers or radio edits of film trailers because they give a snapshot of what is to come but leave out kind of the key plot line. They just give you enough so that you want to see the film but not too much that you no longer have to see the film anymore. So let's play a game. Can you guess the film from the trailer radio edit? So I will um, narrate a part of a trailer. Let's see if you can guess what the film is. Okay. See the magic, feel the excitement, hear the roar. When the greatest animation motion picture comes to video, clue, from Walt Disney Pictures comes the story of the young prince's courage, courageous fight to claim his rightful throne. The Lion King, <laughs> that's it. But you see, when you know there's these little things like hear the roar, okay, lions. There's, there's this like greatest motion picture coming to video. Uh, Walt Disney Pictures produces this young, courageous fight for his throne. Like there's just enough in there Tells you nothing about the actual storyline, what's actually going to come. Obviously, the most upsetting scene ever in cinematography. But this claim to the rightful throne, it gives you a promise of something. It kind of draws you in. Okay, this one's slightly more difficult, but see if you can get this. I would like to talk to you about a fresh start on a new world. You'll be making a difference. I became a Marine for the hardship. I told myself I can pass any test a man can pass. All I ever wanted was a single thing worth fighting for. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not in Kansas anymore. You're on Pandora. Avatar, well done. Well done. <laughs> so again, it's about this fresh start on a new world. Making a difference, this guy who became a Marine because he wanted to make a difference. Just wanted one single thing to fight for. It kind of draws you in, and then eventually it's this kind of, you're not on in Kansas anymore, you're on Pandora. <gasps> What's Pandora? I want to see this film. Exactly. But you see, throughout the Old Testament, prophecies of Jesus can be found, and... They, they, they say, there's a, um, a quote that goes around that says, the old is the new concealed, and the new is the old revealed. So the old is the New Testament concealed. There are little glimpses of the New Testament throughout the old. And then the new is the old revealed. The New Testament in the light of the old just opens it up so, so much more. So specifically, when we look at the Christmas story, there are numerous prophetic words or film trailers that speak directly into what is to come. So, next slide. So, slightly small, sorry. So, Isaiah 11, verse 1. So, I'm going to go through a few of these scriptures. There, there are dozens of them. I'm just going to go through a selection of them now just to uh, show you kind of what actually was in the coming of this king. So out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. 
So this is in Isaiah. Isaiah here is prophesying that the coming Messiah will come from the line of David, that um, he will have a royal lineage, which Jesus fulfills out of his power, granted. Okay, next slide. Jeremiah 23, 5. For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. So here, Jeremiah is starting this idea of there is a king coming that will be right. He will come from David's line. There is something coming. So again, building this sense of Advent, this sense of coming. Next one, Micah 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, yep, are the only small village among all the people of Judah, yet the ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. So Micah is speaking directly into the village, this small unknown town of Bethlehem, where this savior, this ruler of Israel, with origins of distant past, will come. Isaiah 7, 14, so next one. Um, All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and he and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, this one does blow my mind a bit in the sense of Isaiah, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, says a virgin will give birth, which is quite a bold statement. Let's let's face it. That is a bold statement. A virgin will give birth and he will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So here Isaiah is saying that the, the conception and the name of Jesus is already written. Next one, Jeremiah 31, verse 15. This is what the Lord says. A cry is heard in Ramah. Deep anguish and bitter weeping. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children are gone. So they relate this to at the time of Jesus' birth or just shortly afterwards, Herod, knowing that there was this promise of a coming king, decides to kill all the babies in the area. And this is speaking about weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children are gone, that there are there is a whole nation, a whole area where all of the children under a certain age have been brutally killed, apart from one who escapes. Now, I don't know. I'll just pause here. Are you guys like, is there something, like maybe you've heard this before, but is there something that's kind of like, what? These things were written hundreds of years before. Like, I know the Christmas story. This is the Christmas story. Yeah? Yeah. Right, I'll move on. Um, Psalm 72, verses 9 to 10. Desert nomads will bow before him. His enemies will fall before him in the dust. The western kings of Tarnish and the other distant land will bring him tribute. The eastern kings of Sheba and Seba will bring him gifts. Nomads will bow before him. The shepherds, 
the Western kings of Tarnish, the, the three wise men, the three kings, will bring him tribute. They will bring him gifts. Like this is in the Psalms. This is hundreds of years before they are prophesying that when this amazing event that is coming, that is expectant throughout the whole people, that these things will happen. Okay, next one. Hosea 11 verse 1, when Israel was a child, I loved him and I called, out my, and called my son out of Egypt. So after Jesus was born, Joseph was um, visited by an angel and told, flee this land because of Herod killing. Um, flee this land and go to Egypt. And here, when Israel, it, when Israel was a child, I loved him, so Jesus, and I called him out of Egypt. So, you know, I think some people tend to think that, like, Jesus was just a great scholar that went through all of these things that were written in the past and just aligned his life to kind of meet them so that it ticked the boxes. But all these things happened out of his control. All of these things were there before. And then finally, Isaiah 9, verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus was arrested and killed by the government and the powers that be, and his identity was wisdom, peace, and Father God, Son, and Holy Spirit in one. Like, wow. I don't know, but I cannot read those things and not get excited. As you read these passages written hundreds of years before Jesus, you see the incredible accuracy and completion of them all, all of them fulfilled. Don't you think with a story like that, the greatest story ever told, we cannot help but get excited for the build-up to Christmas? And by that, I mean not the presents or the commercialization or the gluttony or the excess, but the promise of something coming, an expectation of an arrival, the advent of hope. Next slide, Barry. You see, right at the start, I gave you the Ecclesiastes 1 uh, line, which it is true. I think that without this fulfillment of hope, without this knowledge of this build-up to Christmas, this advent, Ecclesiastes 1 would be our lives. It would be what we sit in. It would be what is basically out there for the rest of the world which is where there is this rise of, you know what, I can be and I can do and I can whatever, do whatever I want, because what does it all matter? But we see through these promises, through this thing where a whole people group sat in this advent, sat in this expectation of something coming. They prepared their hearts for the coming of Jesus. And that's got to get us. When we know the outcome, we have seen the film, we have watched it over and over again. It's like The Lion King where you watch it and watch it and it still gets better and better and better.
And you know what, for us, I think Christmas is one of the most beautiful times of the year, or one of the most wonderful times of the year, if you will. In this country, it's early winter. The trees are now bare, the leaves are on the floor, yet still just have that kind of nice brightness in colour. Crisp winter days like we're having at the moment. Like, I love it. Like, I know I'm a geographer, so of course I like the environment stuff a bit more. But the last few days, like, I went for a walk with Caleb on Friday, so I've been quite ill for the last two weeks. Uh, finally managed to get out of bed on Friday. Went for a little walk with Caleb, my little boy, and walking along uh, for the first time, feeling the sun on my face, uh, getting the fresh air, holding my little boy's hand, kicking leaves, wrapped up warm in a big coat, seeing the ducks toddle around. Like it was bliss. Those are those moments to savour. And I think that Christmas, as uh, we transition through the seasons, as we go into winter, um, it's a great time of year for it. And I know that some people want to say, well, Christmas is only on the 25th of December because it is a pagan festival. So really, you're celebrating pagan festivities. But, like, for me, yes, okay, the early church maybe made some dubious decisions, but it's just logistics. It doesn't matter. The matter, the thing of the matter is, is the heart of the event, the reason for the season, if you will. And the short days, uh, I think it's a brilliant time to have Christmas because all the lights, the Christmas lights begin to shine in celebration of the anticipated king. The family gatherings, united people, uniting people around the table for food and fun. The carols and traditions being played out in celebration to Jesus. The greatest redemptive story ever told. The humble king, as we'll discover next week, arriving. And you know, it's not just for us. So I was away earlier in the week um, in Cambridge with um, some colleagues. And uh, one of my uh, German colleagues, um, as we were walking along, she said, oh, I love December. I love Christmas. Like, just how the light shine through the darkness and brighten up what would otherwise be a dark and dull time of year. Like, oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Now, she doesn't have a faith. But it's just, it's just festive cheer for her. But you know what? It, it rang so true for me. And we, we had a great conversation around kind of there, there being greater depth in Christmas. Because the true story of Christmas has so much more for us to give people. And we as followers of Jesus have the perfect opportunity to dig in this Advent, to pursue Jesus in our own journeys and prepare our hearts to share the good news with other people. Like how the lights brighten up the darkness. Like, do you want me to go through the Bible again and just pull out those scriptures? So I really, really want to encourage you this year to invite people to come and join us for one of our events. Whether it's the Chris Thingle, which is a great family event, or the Carols Around the Bonfire, which is more uh, relaxed, um, 
got to have a great community feel. Like drop a leaflet in a Christmas card. So my plan this week as I cycle in, there's a lady that walks along the Kevney every day. I pass her and we always go as I sort of cycle past. Um, so I'm going to actually stop for once and um, give her a Christmas card with um, one of these leaflets in. Now, I don't write Christmas cards. So this is probably the first Christmas card I've ever written. But I'm uh, going to stop and do that. And there's an old guy that walks a dog as well. Um, maybe you want to share the event on Facebook. Maybe you just want to go around and knock on your next door neighbor's door or at work, share with them, whatever works best for you. And I just want to highlight as well, as Dylan said, like Alpha follows in January. And Alpha is a brilliant opportunity for people to actually really explore the true depth and explore the, um, the threads of faith in their life. And it has been strategically placed there to be able to kind of bring in people from Make Lunch, from uh, our friends and family and colleagues that we can invite along to these events that just breaks down some barriers. So when we move into uh, just a time of prayer and worship, just really want to encourage you to actually take a second to stop and think about who is it that I can um, connect with? Who are the people of peace? Um, those ones that we just have a connection with uh, this Christmas. And then finally, to finish, uh, we're going to uh, play a video um, that just has a really short, simple prayer for Advent. Not yet, guys. Um, yeah, uh, we're going to play this really short um, prayer for Advent. Um, just for us to take our time to settle our hearts, to choose intentionally um, whether we want this Advent, this Christmas time, to be filled, as Ian's shared, with um, stress, anxiety. Do we have enough money? Do we do this? Can we do this? But actually for us to just take that time out and say, you know what? Like Jesus, it is about you. It is about the redemptive coming of you. That we do not have to wait centuries and centuries for you to come. That we actually know what the end of the story is. We know that there is hope beyond that. And so to take time, this Advent, building up into Christmas, to intentionally wait on God and become expectant of the arrival of the King. Go for it.